You're listening to SpartanUpPodcast.com, where we study success and everything required to create it. We interview people from all over the world that are successful, no matter how they defined it. All right, we're going. We're live. We are live. So Spartan Up, the podcast, Sephra here, and uh, Joe, we got Colonel Nye and uh, Johnny Waite. All tucked here in the barn in Pittsfield, Vermont. Absolutely. And so today we are going back overseas with our dear friend Dell, who is um, interviewing Mimi Anderson, who uh, even since the podcast was filmed, just finished the Freedom Trail, which is about, I don't know, 1,500 miles across South Africa. She's an incredible distance runner. And um, but that, was, that me, wasn't Jill. Wait, that wasn't what, the big deal. What was the big deal? She did it carrying a hairdryer. Oh, hair dryer is really important. <laughs> but um, it reminds me of a story. Joe, didn't you uh, run from New York City to back to Vermont one time? I did, or but it was that's not the that's Freedom not, Trail. That's, that's only not the that's 300 trail. miles. That's not. It's the free miles. trail. He was too cheap free to trail. pay for a cab. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the exactly. free trail. That's right. It was an expensive cab. <laughs> yeah, sure. Is. So right. yeah, this is gonna be amazing, and uh, and uh, Dell's doing a great job for us over there, finding some incredible people. Absolutely. Dell's awesome. Yeah. Right. Awesome. I mean, she she's a, a a crazy endurance athlete anyway. Yeah. She's a doctor. She's superhuman. Um, you know who else is awesome? Who? Marion. We forgot about Marion. The person behind <laughs> the camera. Um, Marion is, is our camera person we picked for today. She's, um, she's absolutely awesome. So when you watch these podcasts, just know that there are tons of hardworking people behind the scenes that are getting all this done. Lights, cameras. And their and name, they, and they all look like Marion. Yeah, like like <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. Actually, I was thinking about that when we talk about endurance events. What Marion calls an endurance event is when Joe calls and says, "I have an idea." That's right. That's, that's, an, that's an endurance a event. serious endurance event. But uh, let, let's go over the ocean and see uh, this endurance event. Let's go yeah. see Dell and Mimi. We finally managed to catch up with probably the UK's grittiest, most motivated woman. We are here. We've managed to chase her down and nobody manages to stop this woman. This is Mimi Anderson. Thank you for spending some time with us. <laughs> it's my pleasure. <laughs> I love the introduction. That's great. <laughs> Bit of an accolade. But you are actually one of the UK's best female ultra runners, if not the best. Well, I don't think I'm sort of the best, but I'm, I'm, I'm good at what I do. So the distances that I cover. So yeah, I specialize in over 100 miles uh, rather than under 100 miles. Yeah. And what, what got you started in running these kind of distances? Well, first of all, I started, well, I started running because I wanted thinner legs, which sounds really daft now, but I never liked the shape of my legs. So that, that was the first thing. And then when a friend of mine actually suggested doing the Marathon des Sables, which was my first ultra. So you cut your teeth on the Marathon des Sables? Yeah. So I went from half marathons all the way up to, to that. But I just, you know, I had that moment in my heart, you know, when somebody suggests something and I thought, oh, well, why can't I do that? It was so out of the ordinary. You know, as a mother with three children, and then somebody was suggesting going and doing this extraordinary sort of adventure, and I just, oh, I was just so excited. So I couldn't and you, think why. You'd only ever really run half marathons before. Yeah, so that was my furthest, and, and that killed me. And, and how, how old were you when you really started doing these distances, can I ask? I was 36 when I started running, so I was 2001 was my first ultra, so, what, 38? And since then, uh-huh. you've done some of the biggest longest most difficult distances that most men wouldn't achieve can I you tell have, us yes you you did the bad water you did the double bad well water, yeah I, d- I did uh bad water in 2005 um the, the race and i was absolutely thrilled to sort of finish and then i decided to go back in 2011 where I did the double crossing because there was, there's always a record to be broken somewhere. And so I did the race, 
climbed up Mount Whitney, which is 14,500 um, feet, and then came all the way back down, and I took 21 hours off the previous female record. And I believe, I believe I've got the third fastest time for the double Fantastic. crossing. So, yeah, I was, I had to get my crew to keep on checking that they were actually right. Cause, but no, it's fantastic. Yeah, That's really incredible. And you've done the Comrade, the 6633, which is in the, is the, in the Arctic, Arctic yeah. Ultra, which is considered to be probably the coldest, most difficult. It, yes, because Marathon. it's so far. There's another one in the Yukon, but this, the, the 6633 is 500 miles further north and it actually goes across the Arctic Circle and finishes on the Arctic Ocean. I mean, how fantastic, you know. What made you want to do that? Well, it was, again, it was another... I'd never done a cold. And I just, you know, I just signed up for it. I saw it on the internet. It was organised by a friend of mine, and I saw it. And I, I didn't tell my husband or anything. I just signed up for it. I had no idea how I was going to get the money or how I was going to afford all the kit or what I was going to do for training. Absolutely no idea at all. I just signed up for it, and then I told my husband. <laughs> and, and how did you train for that, living here in, in sort of sunny Kent? How did you train for that kind of environment? Um, tire dragging. I, I literally was out in the forest <laughs> with this big tire around me and I would drag, drag a tire around the forest for hours and hours and end. And, you know, sometimes I do four or five hours, come back home, have something to eat and then go back out again and do another couple of hours. It was quite tedious, but it did make my legs very strong and simulated sort of the pulling of the sledge. So, and was, would you consider that the toughest race you've done or what would you consider the hardest? Uh, it's always a difficult one because they're all... I think the hardest one, in a way, was the, was the Marathon des Sables. Not, it's not a particularly hard race, de depending on whether you're going to race it or to do it. But it's, for me, it was the hardest. I'd never done a race of the, like that. I trained really hard for it. But I was actually very ill during the race. So I picked up a bug and wasn't able to keep anything down. So it was either coming out one end or the, or the other. And ended up having a, an IV drip. Uh, I think it was the end of day three and so of course the next day we had to get up and go and do the long day which was 50 miles and it didn't and just didn't stop you though in spite of all of that you just kept going I did I mean I had a moment I did have a moment sort of on the long day coming up to the checkpoint the agreement was that we would always um, rest have something to eat and then continue through the night and I was just, everything was coming up and I had a very feel sorry for my moment. And I, and I was, I remember I was crying and I was behind the other two and I was just trying so hard just to keep up with them. And then one of my teammates literally came up behind, in front of me and she, she checked that I was all right. And then she just said, Mimi, do you know, just think of all those people at home who think you're going to fail. And just walked off and that was it. Think of the other people who think you're going to fail. Yeah. And um, is that what kept you going? Oh, yeah. I just thought, I can't go home and t say I haven't got this medal. And so I finished. Absolutely. And that, those little words have actually stayed with me ever since, every time. Because lots of people did think I was going to fail that. You know, there's this blonde going out and, you know, I like my hairdryer and my makeup. And yeah, I did like high shoes. I can't wear them now. But, you know, all of that. <laughs> and sitting, you know, I'm going to be camping in a desert and carrying all my food. You know, Mimi just won't cope with that. Forget it. So, Yeah. Absolutely, I proved fist in your face. Let's Absolutely. Take that so yeah, but those little words—it's amazing yeah. how that just made the difference. Because I, I have to admit, I've I've done an ultra where I, I crashed and burnt just six miles short of a finish line on a similar oh, distance, and it it hurt me so yeah. hard mentally for mm. quite a long time to get back into racing confidence-wise. Have you ever failed 
Have you ever not succeeded at a race? Oh yeah, no, a few. I think for me, the worst one really was my, when I was trying to do double Spartathlon. I'd done Spartathlon, which is a race from Greece, um, Athens and Greece, all the way to Sparta. Yeah, the it's, original. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. It is. How far is that it's, one? It's uh, 153 miles 153. non-stop. And yeah. hot environment? It's hot and you have a little mountain at 100 miles that you have to go up and over. And there are cutoffs, so there are about 74 checkpoints, I think. And every checkpoint has its own cutoff. So you're constantly chasing a time. And I'd actually podiumed in 2011, so I knew I was capable of doing it. So this time I thought, right, I'm going to go there. I want to run the race and then turn around and run back again. And my body had other designs and other thoughts. I'm not sure really what went went wrong. I think I had a... um, a very slight bug or something because mm-hmm. I just didn't feel quite normal, which then may- meant that I wasn't eating properly. I'm very bad at eating anyway, but uh, I was even worse. And my crew were actually getting quite cross with me. And with about 10 kilometres to go, the medical crew came over and said, you know, do you want to get into the car? And I thought, what, what, why do I want to get into the car? I'm racing. I don't understand why everybody suddenly is asking me yeah. all these questions. Am I all right? Well, of course I'm all right, you see. And I carried on going. Well, I then had turned into this rag doll. My back had literally collapsed. It wasn't sore. Nothing was sore. But I was arched backwards. And you so didn't my even realise that you were unwell at that point? No, I was slurring my words. I, I'd been slurring my words from about 120 miles. I sound as if I'd been drinking. And so, of course, everybody was worried about me. And I mentally, I fought and fought and fought to get to that finish line. I just, I wasn't going to get into a car. The medical guy had to come with me in the end. And literally, he was holding me upwards. And I had 6K to go. And I had to pull out. It's the hardest thing. And even that makes me cry. It's awful. But when I... Yeah. And I was taken to the finish line in a medical car, um, you know, to the medical tent. And when I actually got back to the hotel, I lying down on the bed and I turned around to my crew and I said, right, we're coming back next year or in 2015 and we'll do it again. And this time we will succeed. But that was hard, yeah. Going to give it another shot? I am. I love that. Still not going to quit. I love it. What, so what did you learn from that? What was the biggest lesson there? I think... I think I learnt that I was more... I mean, I know I'm a pretty determined character. I am mm. more determined um, than I thought I was because the willpower that I used, uh, considering how ill I was, just to try and get to that finish line was immense. Also, I think I set myself too many goals Mm. on that particular race. I went out knowing, wanting to podium again and do the double. Didn't really work, you know. So I perhaps was going out too fast and trying too hard and chasing the the, the ladies in front. So I was getting slower and slower and slower. So I think next time I go out with one goal and that goal is to try and be the first female to do the double, not to podium and then do the double. Mm. So that, that was a big learning so another curve. record. Still aiming for records. Well, I quite like them. I, I don't get, I, I'm, not, I'm not going out to collect them. I'm, I'm not that sort of person. I love the challenge of not necessarily racing in a race. That, that terrifies me sometimes because people expect me to do well. Well, I'm 52 now and I'm racing against women who are in their late 20s or early 30s and they are fantastic, way faster than me. 
Um, but you, you still know. hold three Guinness World Records for distance running, don't you? Well, I hold two of them. I hold it. One of them has actually been taken away from me by another runner, so which is fantastic because that's what records are there for. You're off to South Africa? I am. I'm going to be running one and a half thousand miles or 2,350 kilometres along the Freedom Trail in South Africa. So it starts in Peter Maritzburg and literally grows, goes cross country all the way to Pal, just outside Cape Town. And I'll be doing it with another girl from South Africa called Samantha Gash. So Amazing. two barking mad women, but quite fun. Fantastic. Yeah, so still not slowing down, still got goals to achieve. I think, yeah, I think it's important. If you don't constantly push your boundaries and try something different, you, you, A, you're never going to know whether you can do something, but you, 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 you won't grow as a person, I don't think, unless you're always searching for something or trying, trying new things. It doesn't have to be as extreme as mine, but yeah. if you're always trying to sort of improve or try things and I think you grow as a person and become hopefully a better person. My producer says we need a lot of reviews on iTunes so that Apple will make it easy for you to find our show. Can you help us out by subscribing and writing a review? We'd really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Okay so you're off to run a phenomenal distance in South Africa. I mean how are you going to break that up? How long is it going to take? Well the plan the plan is that we've de- We've had a lot of help from um, a group of people um, in South Africa. So we're aiming to run about 50 miles each day. So it'll be anything from about sort of 45 to 50 plus miles each day. The terrain that we're covering is, well, anything from dirt tracks to single track to up and over mountains, river crossings. So it's very diverse and some sections very technical. So, you know, an eight-kilometre section could take us about five hours because we're also having to navigate. So, and so you're navigating. Have you got other people out there helping you in the field? Or uh, We'll have a crew uh, of... We've got about six people coming out to, to support us at various times, and so we'll have one or two vehicles, depending on the stage of the race that we're at or the run that we're at. And their job is to... They'll stay with us for as long as they can, but there are sections where the vehicles won't be able to go at all. So Samantha and I will go on our own uh, with a security guy. You know, Africa is, um, it's a very remote area where we're going to be. It is literally in the middle of nowhere. And some of the, the tracks um, aren't even ma- marked on the maps. Yeah, uh, so, does it frighten you at all? Because some of those areas of South Africa can be quite dangerous, especially for women. Um, they can. There are certain, some of the villages, I think, or t- townships we go through, I think uh, could be quite dangerous, at night more so. But we do have very good security guard. We have a personal protection officer mm-hmm. who's going to be with us all the time. So from that, and we have a tracking system mm-hmm. as well. So I have a phone with me that if something happens, actually I can just press a red alert and it, it comes back to the UK. So actually, do you know, I'm, I'm feeling as if we've put everything in place to make everybody... Um, and especially Samantha and myself, as the two girls, as safe as possible. So, yeah, no, I do feel safe, actually. It's, I've been to South Africa many times. I've never felt unsafe there. Wonderful. Actually, so. And how, are you, how much water? Are you planning on carrying water? How many calories are you going to have to eat a day? How, oh, a lot. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not very good on calories. Uh, water we will have, depending on whether we're able to see vehicles and things, we'll have camelbacks and we'll also have water in bottles. You know, I, I can't stand gels and bars and things. So for me, it has to be as natural as possible. 
Sort and proper food. Proper food. You know, even it's sandwiches or a roll or a cheese or fruit or nuts, something like that. Um, not easy to get them down me all the time. How are you training for something like this? <sighs> I'm getting quite tired actually now, it has to be said. Roll on taper. Long, long sort of um, back-to-back training sessions. So I did one 10-day cycle where I ran for 20-odd K every single day. So that gets your, your, your legs used to running on, on, on tired legs. I then do um, two long back-to-back runs, so they could be anything from sort of 30k up to sort of 50k, and sometimes I'll go and do longer ones. So I did a race in Cyprus, which was 135 miles long, which in fact I think I was the only person to finish, which did make me laugh actually. So, um, but that for me was good training, and I felt fantastic. So I just I was quite positive about it and sort of in a zone. So that was, you know, that that was very good training for this. So it's just lots of time on my feet. And anything other than running, do you utilize, Do you do any other sports to, to compensate or stretching? No, or? I do stretch. Yeah, I do stretch and I try and have sports massages um, probably once a month. Any more than that gets, gets quite expensive. And I see an osteopath. And I do try, although I'm not very good at this, I do try and do, you know, core exercises and, and some other types of exercises but I get very bored you know I've tried yoga doesn't work for me some people love it I you know I get to that bit at the end where you know you're supposed to relax and just switch off and I'm sitting there going okay well I've got to go home now and do this and do that so I can't do it so I do try so no mostly mostly running and stretching so would you say that running is your favorite exercise yes um but I do you know I love my bed (laughs) <laughs> I do love my bed. At the end of the day, I just like being horizontal. That's it. You know, sleeping. It's, oh, it's just fantastic, Favourite isn't it? Exercise. Just it's the most wonderful experience. And you're so tired sometimes. You feel as if you're floating on top of the bed, and that's just great. And I'm straight out. What does the word grit mean to you? I think never being afraid to try something. Um, I've when I took up my running, I did it because I wanted to have thin legs. I never dreamt that I would have achieved the things that I've, I have achieved in my life, but I've done that because I've never been frightened to actually give something a go. Mm. And so have you always been this way, even before you started running? Uh, no, I don't think so. I was quite determined at school. I was quite athletic. Well, not athletic. I, didn't, I, I, was, yeah, I was quite a determined character at school, but I didn't realise that I was this determined. And, and I think... You know, lots of people will think, oh, no, I can't do that. You know, whereas I will think, well, actually, why can't I do that? Why, you know, do, why do you think that is? What, what is it about you? What is it about your, your life or character that's made you think differently? Well, I think having children helps. You know, you have kids. I mean, I was 20, 23 when I had my eldest. And, you know, so pretty young. And it's amazing. I think once you've got, you've got children, you do become a more focused and a more determined person and much more independent I suppose in a way because you have to be and I, I think I just grew actually as a person I, I just developed and grew and my husband was great I and mean, he found it a bit odd but he has supported me and that's enabled me to actually to see what I am capable of doing and you know and there have been several times when I think he's thought you know she's this time really has lost her marbles <laughs> and but he's never said anything and has just let me go and do it. And then when I've done it, you know, he's thought, that's my wife. 
Well, she, that's my wife. She did that. Excellent. You know, and he's great. He's lovely. He's lovely. Your biggest cheerleader. Yeah, he's. But he has enabled me as well because he's encouraged me to also do the things that I want to do. And I think that's important if you're in a partnership as well to, to, to be able to do that. Have encouragement and support enables yeah. you to, to achieve. Do you ever have days where you wake up and you just think, you know, you, I just can't do this today? Oh, yes. And I'm a great believer you've got to listen to your body. Absolutely. And there have been a few times when I've got up in the morning and I think, oh, God, you know, I've got to go and do sort of 10K run today, which I know is not very far, but I've got to do that. So off I go to the forest, take the dogs <laughs> or take Morse and get there, put my, all my stuff on, start running down, down the track and everything. My body is just saying, do you know, Mimi, I'm so not in the mood to do this. So I just stopped and ran to go back to the car and the dogs look at me going, uh, excuse me, run. You know, and I go, no, not today. We're going home. And I do, I go home because I don't want to do it. And it's great. It's quite liberating, actually. What about if that feeling comes during a race? It doesn't. It doesn't. It, no, not in the same way. You know that you're going to have bad patches in a race everybody has a bad patch but you sort of plan for the bad patches as far as you can so mentally I always prepare so I know that if I'm going to have a bad patch well what are you going to think about Mimi or what are you going to say to yourself so I'll tell myself that you know you stupid woman you know it was your idea in the first place so pull yourself together and get on with it you know or I'll think about my, you know, my family. I always have a picture of my family in my head at the finish line. They're very rarely at the finish line, but that to me works really well. And I'm running in towards the finish line. And that's a very strong picture for me. And so all these silly mental pictures lots and games of visualization. that I myself. Yeah. Lots of visualisation. And that works really well. So, because you know that you'll come out of it. And, what, and in terms of what you've learnt from achieving in these endurance events, how have you put that into your daily life? Has it, has it made any effect? Uh, yes, it's made me much stronger as, as a person. Um, I'm feeling much, I mean, silly things like when I first got married, um, I was your classic sort of stay-at-home wife and, you know, I didn't go off and do girly weekends or do anything like that. And I certainly never travelled on my own. Well, I mean, now I don't bat an eyelid about, you know, getting on an aeroplane and, and going off on my own which I know sounds rather pathetic but for me the first time I did it was a very big deal terrified me in fact <laughs> more so than the race I thought oh, I've got to get on a plane now I've got to you know go to a foreign country now don't it doesn't worry me and I feel much more um self-assured I think also having years ago sort of suffered with um or having had anorexia I was very sort of self-doubting I didn't have a lot of belief in myself I, I didn't have a huge amount of confidence and I now do have that I'm much more confident about life as a whole about how I feel I'm very proud of what I've achieved and 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 I hope that's all made me a better person to then hopefully have been a better mother to my kids which I don't think I would have been to, to the same extent had I not had the running do you think that anyone can learn sort of confidence from sports achievement and training? I think so, yes, absolutely. And it doesn't have to be extreme. Um, you know, my daughter went and did her first 5K last year. Now, that was a massive 
thing for her, a massive achievement. We all went along and supported her, but you know, that made her feel absolutely fantastic, gave her a bit of confidence and just made her, you know, all the training and everything just made her feel fantastic. So absolutely it can. Um, so you think this grit can, is it something people have innately or is it something that you can learn? I think, um, I think you can, it can grow. So you don't necessarily have to, to have it. I think you have to have um, the, the desire to, to obviously want to try something in the first place. But, you know, it's having that little bit extra to think, well, I can do that. You know, why can't I try that or just do that little bit further? It's, it's just always pushing yourself. I think everybody can do that, yes. But anybody can build immunity I, to those kind of obstacles in life. I think so. I think you can overcome a huge amount in your life if you actually just... I think open yourself up to it. Open yourself up to the possibilities and try. And who, who inspires you? <gasps> Lots of people. I'm one of these people, actually, who... I think, because I think, when I started running, I didn't, I didn't know anybody in the running world. You know, I didn't even know that marathons and half marathons existed, let alone the ultra-running world. So, you know, of course I love, you know, I'm inspired by all the top runners like Lizzie Hawker and Ellie Greenwood and people like that. You know, they're absolutely amazing. But for me, it's actually the people who really try and they're doing their first race and, and every, you know, the top runners come in first. These guys are out there for 30 plus hours and yet they don't ever give up. They come through that finish line and they're on their last legs. They've got blisters, they've got, but they have never given up. And those are the people that inspire me um, because I just think you know, it takes much more of determination to do what they're doing. So there's a, a common theme that we've heard a couple of times, uh, and I'm sure we'll hear more and more on this because of the great people you've picked. Um, when she talked about that you're never going to grow unless you find your boundaries and push them. Mm -hmm. And uh, it struck me that this is somebody who did that in a big way. She'd run a half marathon and then immediately leaped to the Marathon de Sable, which is across the desert. Yeah, you know, it's funny, not, not to take anything away from Mimi, but I was with, uh, three days ago, I was with um, this guy, Nate Carr, mm -hmm. Olympic wrestler, and his wife. His wife's never run more than three miles. And she said, Joe, I read the book and I, I started running and I'm, I did three miles, but I'm having a tough time breathing. I said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. She said, what? I said, I want you to run 13 miles two days from now. <laughs> today I called Nate. What the hell did you have my wife doing? <laughs> She's running 13 miles today. I said, yeah, once she gets done with 13, three is going to be easy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right? sure, exactly. And so that, that was, the, I mean, that's the way I jumped into the endurance stuff. I'm sure um, that's the way you jumped into the wilderness, certainly the way you jumped into the military. Well, it's, it's military it's yeah. mindset of training. You know, the, old, the, the more you sweat in training, the less you'll bleed in combat. That's yeah, what it was it? Uh, sorry, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say train hard, fight easy, or train yeah. easy, fight hard. Well, they used to say the Spartans, right? All the kings and the leaders back then would say the Spartans must have been part of the twenty-four words that we have <laughs> as far as the history of Spartans go. But those damn Spartans are on vacation when they go to battle because yeah, of the sure. way they train. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. So I think Mimi obviously takes that approach yeah. to life. Well, yeah, the Marathon de Sable is a that's a pretty significant race. And, uh, and then she, she runs 100 miles consistently, regularly. I mean, I know a few people like that, not a lot, but yeah. uh, that's, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, she's no joke, but um, you'll go as far as your mind allows you to go, I guess. <laughs> yeah, or she says, you know, she says, listen to your body, right? And then she says, ultimately, when it comes down when she wants to quit, she says, oh, you stupid woman, you're the one who signed up for this in the first place. And it's nice to have a sense of humor yeah. about what you're doing, right? And just, you don't let yourself quit and you just keep going. Well, but, but in, in our society, we have this idea that cold and tired and sore means I have to quit. Cold and tired and sore means cold and tired and sore and nothing more. Yeah. Right? We, yeah. would, we would not exist as a species if that's where we stopped. 
Sure. Yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And she talks about planning for the bad patch, right? And I think just like what you're saying, our 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 levels for the bad patch are pretty pretty weak, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you gotta. People, most people haven't been in a situation where they've had to push themselves beyond that. And mm -hmm. so they don't really have mentors or role models in society. You know, when you're in the military, you kind of see it more, right? But someone that does push beyond that and pushes beyond when their feet are bleeding or swollen or like when Kale finishes the 500 miler and, you know, well, it, it's good to be around that mentality. Yeah, and generally, the average person in society is taught avoid uh, what sort of adversity at all costs mm -hmm. uh, make life as easy as you can possibly make it and that that's somehow considered success and we're fortunate that we've surrounded ourselves with a different kind of people who say seek out adversity uh, find out how far you can go then go a little bit further and you know I think you referenced Mark Webb in a previous mm -hmm. conversation Joe's a big fan of Mark Webb um, I, I don't want to give any secrets away but here's a guy who he just went through a horrendous situation mm -hmm. that he's immediately finding the best in and he mm -hmm. says it's because I put myself in the path of hardship all the time so, um, so, you know, here's somebody now, she's just run 1,500 miles, get to back to, back to Mimi. Um, you don't go and run 1,500 miles without having put yourself in the path of adversity again and again and again. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking that um, we aren't, uh, we as a, spe like, as a culture, because not all cultures uh, have done this, we've just gotten so soft. Anything we're talking about here, 1,500 miles, we're meant to do that, right? We had to get across continents Sure. that way we didn't have cabs and airplanes no. and helicopters and so that's what we did right we lived yeah. in the woods well, like, totally i mean like you, you look at the uh you look at the kalahari bushmen right and um the kalahari if bushmen there if you they're go. if they're hunting down um oh, there's such a cool name for what uh they're like antelope but but they literally run the animals until they're so dehydrated that the animals die right mm -hmm. and that's in and, and um you know that's what we're designed to do that's what mm -hmm. we're designed to do and that's what we're designed to do and, there, and there's a lot of lessons you can learn from the Cali Rushman like you go there and when the kids are playing they're quiet right because you're always keeping their ears open for the bird language and for for what animals they might be tracking because that's their meal that's their survival so it's we a need different to find baseline, some right? Kalahari Bushman to move to Pittsfield <laughs> that would be quite the yeah, privilege yeah, yeah, yeah. what would they yeah. listen for traffic no. no not that there's a lot here but i mean there's I'm a ton to, here i see raptors not, every not day compared to a city what i'm trying to say is oh, we, we've evolved and we've adapted because our environment has as well so while these while these children sat and listened for birds and, and other animals the, the kids that we have in cities nowadays don't do that because that's not it might not be the threat or may not be how they're going to eat or anything they've evolved to learn different skills is all i'm saying yeah, oh, I, I would agree, except that I'd say that I think we've jumped the shark, as, as Fonzie might say, going back a, a, yeah. a, a while, where we evolved and outsmarted ourselves. We got to the point where we made things so easy that now you use your cell phone to call for Everything. delivery, and then the guy will walk over and hand it to you on the couch and swipe your credit card on his iPhone, and you don't even have to walk to the door anymore to get your food. By the way, it's worse than that, right? Because we're upset when the pizza shows up five minutes later. Sure, yeah. So, so I, I'd say that we've outsmarted ourselves to the point where we are getting weaker and weaker. Not, not when I say we, that's not everyone. And, and Certainly not Mimi. <laughs> not Mimi, no, no, exactly. <laughs> right? yeah. She's running right? 1,500 miles for a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> the point of Mimi is she's pushing limits so that we all can get a little inspiration, right, and get outside and do mm -hmm. no, something. Maybe we walk to the pizza place because yeah. she did 1,500 miles yeah, on the Freedom Yeah, she said trail. it doesn't have to be extreme, but it has to be something. Yeah, time on feet, right? It's yeah. a good concept all right so what do we got to do we got to get everybody to spartanuppodcast.com yeah. they got to check out colonel nye's um inspirational interactive corner <laughs> you got a new <laughs> you're gonna, yeah you're gonna love it <laughs> you're gonna love I'm it gonna yeah. love it we got to check out it. dr johnny Waite and all his techniques for keeping mentally healthy and then if you uh, happen to be hanging out with the calamari bushman 
You can you can see. Bring, bring them back. Out. She's, she's dying to have them come bring in the Bring them back room. because she's been waiting in the woods for one. <laughs>